reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom Patrol! Welcome once again to the Doom Patrol Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Coles, and with me as always is Murray Fox. And this week we are looking at Doom Patrol number 59 from September 92. Dang. Blast from the past. Yes. Yes. 92. Mm -hmm. I was at university in 92. (laughs) I was. I am old like the hills. Yeah. Yep, them hills are old. <laughs> Those old hills. Yeah, we got another great Tom Taggart cover. Yes. Uh, put together sculptural jobbies. Man, yeah. I love these things. <laughs> they're really I wish cool. he did more covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really eye-catching. Mm-hmm. They're so unlike anything else that was on the shelves at the time, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And he's wearing a Batman watch. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty awesome. He's got Robot Man is there with a big gun, the Blastomatic. He's got a Batman watch built into his arm. All sorts of sprockets and nuts and stuff. Really cool looking. Yes. Yeah, it's you could just sit and look at it forever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so much stuff to pick out. Oh, he's got a gun on his other hand too. <laughs> he's like full of guns. Mm-hmm. I just love the way his arm is put together. Yeah. It's really neat. Yes. It's fun to imagine all the the things that got taken apart. I know. To, <laughs> to, to put this, this cover thing. together, yeah. To put that uh, arm together alone. Holy smokes. Oh, I know, right? It's pretty awesome. Yes. Okay, so Rick, Grant Morrison, Richard Case, the usual suspects. Uh, when last we... Saw the Doom Patrol, the uh, imminent demise of the planet, or the universe, indeed, was upon us. Uh, we have one of those end-is-nigh doomsayer guys. <laughs> yes. He was apparently the first to glimpse the face of the imminent apocalypse. Yeah, that went real well for him. Yep, he saw something and he couldn't saw, couldn't face it. He found him dead in a magic circle made of old photographs, records, tickets for baseball games, a useless zodiac of cheap memorabilia. <laughs> it was it was his final testament. A few could read it, and yeah. those who could didn't understand or care. That's right. Another girl, she's getting migraines and brain lightning. Yo, seeing Mayan cities. Electric colors, dead souls in the subways. That's always a problem. <laughs> so she basically becomes one of the crazy shouting people you see on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> All because of the apocalypse. That's right. With a little girl drawing her visions of the apocalypse. <laughs> Demons and candles and houses on fire. Teachers figure she's nuts. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a picture of the Jeebus on the wall there. He's got the, uh, <laughs> the crown of thorns and the, the little halo dealy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She thinks it looks like the candle maker. <laughs> she picks out. And uh, there's a tranny hooker. <laughs> She's been feeling that there's something wrong. And uh, goes out to work and there's someone... Something had killed his dream self. He had become his own ghost, hunting himself lost in a city of monstrosities. Yeah, that never goes well when you're a... when you're a working girl. Yeah. Adrian was dead inside for a week before they finally killed him on the streets. <laughs> and the scientist guy decides to fight back when he becomes aware of what's happening to the world. We read about the magician Jack Parsons, who endeavored to raise hell onto the physical plane, thus elevating Earth towards heaven. This seems to have some pretty faulty logic, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> sure. like, I'm not sure how it works, but uh, he had this idea about using chemicals for divination. The random combination of elements, he hoped to discern the contours of the threat that was coming. And it had blowed up. Yeah. He blowed up real good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he was thinking if hell moved up, that would just push Earth up, rather yeah, than just, that's... rather than you know just take over mm. Earth. I don't know. I don't know how these heaven theories work. Yeah, Grant Morrison says, "Listen, if you want to destroy a people, first destroy its dreams." Generations of missionaries have lived by that noble creed. <laughs> Modern man has successfully raised the imaginative landscapes of primal peoples the whole world over. Kill the gods first, slaughter the sacred animals, rewrite the mythologies, and build roads through the holy places. Do all this and watch the people decline without souls. They soon die, leaving dead shells, zombie cultures shambling aimlessly towards oblivion. We've been experts at this kind of things for centuries. <laughs> the man knows how to write some... Sp- some prose, that's for dang sure. Yes, he does. So we cut to the uh, Dune Patrol in the midst of flaming Manhattan. Are we the only ones who can see this? Kipling says, well, of course not. Most children can see it. Lunatics, sensitives. This is the Manhattan of dreams and drug visions, the city beneath the skin of reality. It's always there, but most people are unaware of it. And so Cliff, as always, is, so what's going on? <laughs> Candlemaker's killing the dream self of Manhattan, burning down the archetypal city. In the end, it's the end of the world, but nobody's going to know it until it's too late and their spirits are all dead. Everyone will go insane and die deprived of dreams, which means it's up to us to stop him. I'm going to try and trap it in Manhattan, and then it's up to you to kill the bastard. <laughs> Cliff says, terrific. So how do we do that, he says. Will it be chokes on his booze? <laughs> he says, well, I'm obviously far too ill to take part in any confrontational thing. But I'm hoping you'll be able to deal with him while he's still learning to exist in physical spaces. So what you're basically saying is I fight it and you hide. That's right. <laughs> so the chief created the, kit, the body the Candlemaker's using. It has superpowers. How am I supposed to fight it if I don't know what it can do? Kipling says, 
Christ, don't look at me. I'm not a bloody omniscient. <laughs> we can't stop the end of the world. It's inevitable. It's going to happen in the year 2012. Yeah. Oh, my God. The world ended in 2012 and no one told me. I know. We are just those what? what like a couple pages ago. We're the ghosts of the... <laughs> you are totally cutting out on me. Is that my earphones or is that... Uh, I think that's your earphones. The Skypeage. Uh, no, I think it's your earphones. It's all <laughs> recording over <Perfect>. here. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. See, that's what happens. 2012 and all the recordings go wonko. Mm. A year late now. Yeah. <laughs> so he's talking to Dorothy. He says, you need to tell me everything you know, where it came from, when it first got in your head, what it wants. She's like, I don't know. It makes candles for the dead. That's what it does. It has to kill everyone so it can make candles for them. That's all I know. And suddenly Jane shows up. Hey. That's right. And she's looking all sweet and serene. Yeah, she has a, a kind of a metamorphosis as the, the series goes on. She starts out rather really plain looking. And as she becomes more and more integrated, more and more herself, she gets prettier and prettier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just you know, Richard Case, his style evolving. But uh, I like to think of it as some, sort of somewhat symbolic of the whole her whole character arc. That's right. Goes, oh, we've been looking all over for you. Are you okay? okay? She says, I'm fine. Liza Radley took us back to the farm where we grew up. It's hard to explain. I killed the bit of daddy that was inside me. I was so frightened of him. He's just a stupid man. Said, You're all right? Something's changed, hasn't it? I went down the well and I came back up. No more crazy Jane. No more stupid superpowers. What? <laughs> You picked a fine time to heal yourself. (laughs) No powers. All gone. Jesus, what are you going to do? I don't know. Just get on with my life, I guess. (laughs) We came to an agreement. All the persons inside me were at war, and we couldn't agree because he hurt us so badly. We just had to realize that and learn to cooperate. We're like a kaleidoscope, Cliff. Every piece in its place and shining. It's the way I was meant to be. Everyone should be like this, Cliff. Sandy is a state in which our component selves love and trust each other and are prepared to let each other assume control as circumstances demand. Pete Carroll said that, and he's right. I don't know who Pete Carroll is, but I think he's a... Was he the Basketball Diaries guy? Um, maybe. I can't recall. Anyways, I'm probably a musician of some sort, perhaps. Poet, philosopher. Yeah, that sounds more Morrison style. (laughs) Kipling's like, so you're sane, Jane, now? God help us all. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's bitching her out and bitching at Dorothy for whining. (laughs) He's just a... He's a a very pleasant guy. Cuddly teddy bear right now, that's right. He pulls out this tiny little skull with a wind-up dealy and winds it up and puts it on the ground and I guess it's supposed to find the candle maker and it does it finds him in the building says he's up there how do you know and all of a sudden a body comes shooting out a window and smashing the ground oh just an educated guess he's killing people now I'm going up there Kim says don't be ridiculous it's sheer madness (laughs) 
I'm going. Your funeral. Jane says she's coming with him. So stay right here. What is this shit? You think I can't handle myself? Not in this situation. Not without superpowers. I can't afford to look out for both of us. But I came back because I wanted to help you. <laughs> I'll just get those people out, okay? I won't take any risks. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Poor Jane. She did what was best for her, and now it may be the end of the world. That's right. So he takes the elevator up to the 13th floor, like you do. This building has a 13th floor, which is interesting. A lot of people, a lot of buildings don't have them or don't label them 13 anyway. That's and true. Of course, yeah, yeah. 13th floors, even 4th floors somewhere, I think, are going the way of the dodo. Really? That's weird. Why the 4th floor? I'm sure in Toronto, I was going up the elevator and it went like one, two, three, five, six. I. <laughs> You sure it was just like one of the buttons wasn't missing? <laughs> Some junkie stole it for a crack or something? Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Cliff gets out of the elevator and the halls are splattered with blood, drenched all over the place. And he comes face to face with the candle maker. He's sort of this Cthulhu-y looking dude with a crown of candles and a big third eye in the middle of his forehead. Mm-hmm. He's like, I thought I killed you. That was your brain I crushed, wasn't it? You're just trying to confuse me now. I killed you. Stay dead. Pow, right in the face. <laughs> and Cliff says, shit. <laughs> that candle maker's wailing on him. He says, How dare you approach me? You're nothing. You're like the rest, not real. Nothing. He's thinking, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly from behind that's enough let him go I have no intention of repeating myself Rebus to the rescue dun, 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 dun. so Rebus lets out the energy being zorches through the candle maker's body right through the middle big hole in him he's like ah he doesn't like that at all he makes angry noises and falls down <laughs> he's like oh my god where have you been man on the moon <laughs> yeah, so why'd you come back? Why not? You're my friend. I must tell you about what happened. I must tell you about the child. <laughs> Ooh, and now we have an ad for Deaf Leopard Adrenal Eyes. Right. Yeah. The seven-day <laughs> weekend tour. <laughs> oh, boy. And this is oh, like 92, and they are rocking that 80s rock hair. Yeah. It did stick around for quite a while, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, especially the one guy. Two of them really have it, but that one guy, the one in the front there. Oh, Oof. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Wow. Which one's the drummer? Is he the one right in the very back, or is he the one to the side, sort of side to us? So you can't see these missing an arm. I would, I, I'm going to say him. Yeah, probably. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cliff's like, okay, tell me about the kid later over coffee. we got to finish this thing. And Ruby says, yes, you can be killed when you understand what it is. So Cliff goes and punches it in the face because that's what he understands. Yeah. <laughs> Get him, Larry. And uh, the candle maker's is rushing towards Rebus, and Rebus is standing there going, I can't. It's gone. <laughs> 
the negative spirit's gone, Cliff. I something's happening. It, it's bleh. and all of a sudden the candle maker puts its arm through his chest. Oh man, uh, things are not looking good for the Doom Patrol. Morrison is just taking them out left and right. Take off the chief's head. Take out mm-hmm. Negative Man right in the chest. He says, I can kill you because you're not real. And I guess he explodes? I think so. In shock? No, no! And all that's left is a skeleton. That's right. Ugh. How are they going to get out of this one? Here comes a candle to light you to bed. Here comes a chopper to chop off your head. <laughs> there you go. That's a nice little bedtime rhyme. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to trying to calm Cliff down. Yeah. He's like, it's okay. It's okay. Go to bed, little guy. Shh, just let it happen. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Big doings. Yes. It's all coming. I was going to say it's all coming together, but first it's all going to come apart. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have a letter from the successor. Soon to be, to yeah, soon Morrison. to be incoming writer. Yeah, Burr. Wow, thanks for printing my letter. I mean, it's a start, right? I do a few more letters, Grant gets a job writing for Bill Clinton, and bam, I'm off and running. Does it help that I used to have a secret identity? I gave it up one day. Well, actually, I gave up the public identity and kept the secret one, which was much more fun. <laughs> I guess you want to hear some ideas. That's only fair. How is this a crossover miniseries with the Inferior Five? Or maybe Sugar and Spike? How would this? Spike turns gay and speaks only in anagrams of the word boom closet. <laughs> so Sugar gets Crazy Jane to help her find a real man, only it's not Jane. It's Flex Mentallo. All right, maybe there's some kinks in that story. We can iron them out in story conferences. <laughs> maybe one or two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But apparently that's how you get into comics. You just write lots of really bizarre letters to a really bizarre comic. And, yep. Voila, as they say. Voila. The book is yours. Mm-hmm. All righty. There we go. 59. Done. When does she come on board? Like, soon. I can't hear a word you're saying. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) When does she come come on board? I want to say it's soon. She comes on board 64. Yeah, so that's like... Very close. We are winding down to the end times for Grant Morrison's... Yes. Run. Ooh, have an ad for single white female. Oh, yes. Oh, Bridget Fonda. Uh huh. <laughs> I love Bridget Fonda. Yes, she's pretty cool. She's so cute. <laughs> the little short pixie cut or whatever that is. Oh yeah, yeah. You betcha. Working it, working yes. it. Yes. So yeah, that's that. That's that. That's right. You can send us a letter. You can comment if you want to send us a letter. And nobody has, because I just checked. One of those electrical letters, as the kids call them these days. Yes, the electrical letters. <laughs> you can send it to doompodtroll at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can go visit our website, which is also doompodtroll.com, and you can leave comments there as well. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yes. We'll see you all there. 
Catch you later. <laughs>